We always talk to people about shopping local, the importance of shopping local. Here's one great reason about shopping local is that you know the people you're doing business with. They're your friends, they're your neighbors, they're people you go to church with, people you hang out with. There's no better example of that than today's sponsor, Budget Blinds. This local company is always making themselves available to help the greater community. Just two weeks ago, they collected more than two bucketfuls of supplies for cold water of Lee Summit's annual back-to-school drive. Hey, not only are they great people in the community, but they also are great at their business. So when you need blinds or shades for your windows, interior decorating, they've got bedding, they've got headboards, Mm -hmm. all sorts of stuff. And the coolest thing, we always talk about this one, they even have some blinds that you can control with apps on your phone or with your voice to the Alexa or the Google. They are super cool. That is cool. Hey, check them out right in the heart of our city in downtown Lee Summit. Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. 239 Southeast Main Street. We have none in time. But if you that's a person. But however, a fine accountancy firm like Julia A. Hampton, CPA PC, can handle your finances and your tax issues all year round dealing with those quarterly filings, the annual filings, the some businesses require monthly filings for payroll and deposits and things like that. And Julia has the skills, the experience, and the team to help you take care of that and get you taken care of all year long. So reach out, contact Julia Hampton today, let her show you what 16 years in business can do for your bottom line. Contact Julia today at julia at hamptoncpa.net. We are here with Seth Allen, the proprietor of Libations and Company, and Nigel Woodbury, the uh, king of downtown beer drinking. Proprietor of nothing. Proprietor of uh, <laughs> audiovisual at the city and uh, and permanent resident down here. Uh, to the doer do, of all things beer and liquor in downtown. Lake there Summer. you go. To do our now what we are going to call our annual 4th of July uh, podcast where we're going to talk about really important things like drinking and downtown and... While drinking in downtown. That's probably where we're going to be. Well, because nothing says Independence Day like a good drink. This is true. And, and to that, Seth, you yes. have been, uh, you, you apparently like your job and do research and learning yeah. that relates to drinking. So you've been reading a book, which let's, I'm not criticizing you in any yeah. way, though it's a little weird, old communist to be reading. Yeah, I know. Uh, is this where we make nerd jokes? No, because oh, really, we're all, we all would fail. Uh, but you've been reading a book, so tell us what the book is and what it what it has to do with. Yeah, um, well, you start from left and go to right, mm-hmm. top top to bottom. Oh, is that how that works? Yeah, it's words. Words. Uh, it's pretty words cool. Words are cool. cool. Yeah. You don't just spout them out yeah, of your mouth hole. And there's, yeah, okay. there's no emojis or anything. There's no pictures in the book. Very old school. Yeah, um, but it's called a proper drink. Um, it's a, it's an interesting story of how the cocktail was was revived in the last uh, 30, 40 years. Uh, The cocktail had all but died in the 50s and 60s. um, So why had it died? Well, you know, it's really fun to to watch those old commercials from the 50s and 60s of, you know, the the pre-made everything and hit the button and it's done and you know and everything is comes in a jar or a can and you open it and it's ready for you. So is the 60s the era we blame for the bottled margarita? Uh, it's yeah it's getting real close to the 60s. The, the, the 60s is responsible for like the bottled sweet and sour mix and the bottled Tom you know Tom Collins mix where everything was pre-mix and you just it was it was the Kool-Aid error, uh, where you would take this bottle and this bottle and mix them together, and then that was your cocktail. Well, that's uh, that's great. Yeah, it's, it was terrible for you. It was nothing but uh, you know preservatives and processed. But they were delicious. <laughs> they were incredibly sweet. No, I yeah. just remember my high school days, and the brand is still around, the Kuiper. Oh yeah, I, yeah. And, you know, you get Brass Monkey and. All these different. You mean you mean college days? No, for right. me it was high school. <laughs> it was high school. You know, it was Oklahoma. So, yeah. And yeah, statue, yeah. statue yeah. limitation was long past. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the um, in the late '60s, early '70s, uh, there were um, multiple bartenders 
who did not know each other at the time. They were in different parts of the country and different parts of the world um, that started doing uh, something strange. Um, they started reading old bartending books. Um, I know, it's mind More reading. More reading. That's, oh, man, you know, this is not a literary podcast, by the way. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, you know, what's funny about bartending is there's, there's not a manual to follow. You know, some people, you know, choose to go to bartending school, but there's not a, it doesn't really teach you anything about bartending. It teaches you, you know, just the ABCs and that's about it. Um, but the world of bartending is full of unspoken rules um, and all of these funky little things that you have to know. Um, uh, otherwise, you're not going to be ever a successful bartender. What are some of these weird rules? What are things we don't know that, that a bartender has to know? Well, you know, you just, you, you learn these things by, by doing, just like uh, you would uh, if you were a nurse or a firefighter or whatever. It's on the job stuff that's strange. Like, um, the, one of the very first things that you will learn if you were on your first night as a bartender is if you turn your shoulders uh, perpendicular to the, ball, the bar, you will get knocked down. <laughs> because the, the way to move behind a bar is, is very fluid and you have to keep your shoulders parallel either to the liquor behind you or the bar in front of you. But you never turn perpendicular and walk down behind the bar because you will get, you will get knocked right on your back. Right, because they don't leave a lot of the very valuable real estate for the bartender. Exactly. The bartender has to move side to side. You know, you slide down the bar and then turn real quick. Get what so you former need. basketball players probably yeah. are, are really good at that. Absolutely. Um, so, you know. That's for our sports fans. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Funky little things like that. You know, um, you know whenever you change the, the speed pour out of the, the top of the bottle, 99% um, of all bartenders are right-handed. So if you put it in there and it's facing to the left, then it's correct. But if you face put it in there, you know, where it's backwards or facing back to the right, you probably get that bottle thrown at you because, you know, the bartender reached up there with his right hand and he went to pour it and then nothing came out or right. came out. Or it spouted up yeah, or something. Yeah, it spouted out the wrong way. So all of these little nuances uh, exist in the bartending world. Um, but that's not really what the book is so much about, but it's, it's about how... These guys started to read old bartending manuals, basically. Bartending uh, history books, bartending uh, books that were written by bartenders in the, you know, the turn of the century, who were writing down their recipes, writing down their ways of doing things for the next generation of bartenders who came around. Um, and they were very elegant you know, recipes that were made with fresh ingredients and top shelf uh, liquors and the again the 50s and 60s kind of killed all of that and all of that history got lost just because no one was picking the book up to read it anymore and these group of bartenders who uh, decided to kind of re-inject all of this history back into the cocktail world and make bar or cocktail bars the way they were and essentially what happened was is they revived the whole industry and the entire industry was saved just because these guys put a little effort into it. So they reminded us that taste and style matter. Absolutely. You know, everything about the cocktail, everything matters. Um, the, the cleanliness of the glass, the clearness of the ice, the quality of the ingredients, how it's prepared, how it's presented. Um, you know, you have. You know, you go to some cocktail bars and there's a lot of flair. They're throwing stuff around and setting stuff on fire. And, and that's really cool. But classically, you know, it's... Tom Cruise is not cool. Uh, yeah, that's debatable. I mean, I don't think he's cool, but... <laughs> he runs a lot in all his Yeah, he runs yeah. a lot. Uh, he's got big teeth. Um, <laughs> they're fake. Yeah. They're better for, better for <laughs> mixing drinks. Yeah. The big yeah, teeth. That's right. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's all about uh, style and presence behind the bar and, you know, 
I'm a terrible bartender. I mean, I, I stand behind my bar and, you know, I, I present my drinks in a, in a clean glass and with high quality ingredients, but, you know, I'm, I'm not wearing, you know, a tux or, you know, presenting the, the, the glass in any sort of fancy way. We should so, get you like a tuxedo shirt. Now, that would be oh, fancy. yeah, a little tuxedo. We, we get have you a tuxedo, tuxedo shop down the street. Yeah, well, I have the shirts. I want to be formal, but I'm here to party. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> not saying. Yeah. Now, yeah. I would say, though, you counter that with you do have the old style aprons. I do, I do wear the apron, and that is a that is a kind of a nod to histor you know historical bartenders, you know, wearing the, the apron so you didn't get your clothes wet or stain your you know white shirt or anything like that. So, those are those are handmade um, up in Spokane, Washington, for me, and I sell a lot of them, not to just bartenders, but you know, to electricians, blacksmiths. Wow. You know, carpenters. It's just a high quality apron. It is, and they're amazing. that's a that's a lot of protection to protect you from booze. Yeah. Honestly, as yeah. a whole, because you were talking about you know, cartenders and or bartender or carpenters and blacksmiths and things. They deal with like fire and stuff, yeah. and you're dealing with liquor. Yeah, which is a little bit less dangerous. But, so you, don't, you, know, you don't want to be sticky. No, you do well, not. Yeah, stickiness. Well, and you get enough alcohol, and then you get fire involved, and <laughs> it's, it's, it's a bad deal. It's true. It's true. It's true. Are, are there drinks you light on fire, or you would light on fire? You know, yeah. Uh, me, personally, no. You know, with my background in being a firefighter, I'm not a big fan of lighting liquor on fire in a room full of people. So, uh, I don't know, you know. That's, I know that seems silly. Well, not really. I mean, you, know, <laughs> you spend your first part of your professional career stopping fire. Yeah. Starting fire probably isn't on your list of yeah. fun activities. So. But, you know, there are, you know, fun little tricks, you know, that, you know, uh, like the, one, of the, one of the guys in this book, uh, his name's Dale DeGroff, and he's, he's a king in the world of bartending. Um, but one of his favorite or little tricks that he always does is uh, whenever he expresses the oil out of an orange peel he always has a match and and it the the oils in an orange peel are flammable so whenever you express the oils out and you put a match in front of it it they kind of crackle and 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 blow fire out over the drink so it's a it's a neat little trick that that that's a trick that I would do here that I don't feel like I'm gonna have the risk of setting the building on fire, but is, like, that, is that pure show or does that add a different flavor? It does, you know, I mean, the, the oils still make it into the drink. Um, I don't know if, I, I don't know if it really improves the flavor all that much, but it does, it does give a little show and, you know, makes people excited. And we all know the show. Yeah. It's, it's part of having a good cocktail. Exactly. You know, like you talk about presentation, I want it to be, an event. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know. Yeah, that's true. So what do you have? Uh, you, you have gone, since uh, we spoke to you last, last year, you have gone into uh, drink service. Um, yeah. So you're selling actual drinks, and you have crafted a seasonal menu. So tell us a little bit about your seasonal menu. Well, um, it is um, always consists of five drinks. Um, I spend a lot of time you know, looking at uh, what's available uh, at the farmer's market and what's available, um, you know, at the store that's seasonal. Um, and sometimes I try to integrate those things into the drinks. Um, but this summer, uh, I have five uh, interesting combination of drinks. Um, I went with some, some real classics uh, and then some, some stuff that maybe you've never had before that, you know, might kind of push your boundaries a little bit. Uh, the first drink is a whiskey of sour, uh, my twist on a, on, on a whiskey sour. I know probably most people's grandpas drove, you know, drink whiskey sours. Now, did they, did they drink the, because their grandpas, at, at, even at our age now, they're going to be in that 40s, 50s, 60s range. Oh, they where were, yeah, they're they terrible. The, yeah. the bottled mix of yeah, whiskey sour. Yeah, sweet and sour with mix. The, very uh with the baseline you know canadian club or oh, whatever yeah, they're throwing yeah, that in there yeah. so so what makes a whiskey sour um well whiskey sour um traditionally the, the sour part is is lemon juice um if you want to get really fancy um you uh shake an egg white into the into the mix 
and uh, that creates a foam right on top of the drink that uh, kind of enhances the texture of the drink. Um, I don't I don't add the the, the egg white into the mix, um, mostly out of preference. Uh, it really kind of grosses me out to handle egg whites. <laughs> so, uh, but the the whiskey o sour uh, that I make. Um, uh, the traditional whiskey sour is whiskey, simple syrup, and lemon. Um, my simple syrup I swap out for a ginger liqueur that's made here in Missouri. Which, by the way, is fantastic. Yeah. And I would use it on almost everything, honestly. Uh, I put it on my cereal. It's, yeah. it's outstanding. <laughs> Makes note to self for breakfast tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, and then the Duke's Martini, um, that is a... Um, I get a lot of requests for martinis and I've been really hesitant for the last year to make a martini because everybody loves their martini a very specific way and it's hard to match everyone's tastes. So I put a Duke's martini on the, on the, on the menu and it's, it's pretty scary. It's actually terrifying and I tell people that whenever they, they order it. That's, that's not the best sales pitch, probably. Yeah, I know, but it. I want them, uh, I don't want the reaction of the first person that ordered it was, uh, they nearly spit it out and fell over just because they weren't ready for it. It's, it's murderously cold, and it's murderously dry, and it's all as it is is just a frozen glass with six ounces of near-frozen gin in it. So... Uh, Some people would just call that a fine drink to start with. Yeah. You know, you know what they call that? Yeah. That's a grown folks drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a grown up drink. Yeah, yeah, people would have one of those. And I limit it to two. You can only get two of those if uh, per visit. <laughs> walk out, come back in. <laughs> yeah. I'm here for a third. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, yeah. I don't know if, if they, they walk out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They might not make it back up the one step to get in here. Yeah, that's right. Or be able to open both eyes. <laughs> so. Uh, the Pimm's Cup is a, is a great English summertime drink. Uh, this is actually what I was most happy to hear that you had added to the summer menu. I love a Pimm's Cup. It's been really well received. I've, a lot of people have come in and asked about it because they're not quite sure what Pimm's is. And then, Well, why don't you tell us what Pimm's is? Pimm's is an English liqueur that is gin-based, but it doesn't look like gin. Um, it, the, the liquid, it looks almost black. It looks like Lysol. Um, yeah, kind of, uh, <laughs> but a little, it tastes a lot better than Lysol. Yes. Uh, but it, uh, it's just a very herbal uh, gin that's been uh, short-aged with all of these botanical ingredients. Um, for lack of a better term, it's almost like uh, tea. You know, the English love their tea. The, their gin is, this gin is very similar to tea. It's full of stuff. Um, but it's it's very refreshing. It's easy to drink. It's not it's not super boozy. So um, then the Greyhound. That's a classic uh, vodka. Um, I use rosemary mint uh, simple syrup rather than using fresh mint in the drink. Um, the rosemary mint. That's the boozy, boozy botanicals. Yeah, made it, here in it, Kansas City. It is. It's, that is my favorite of theirs. I still have a little bit at the house. So. It's outstanding. Um, and then the the fifth drink is is by far the most popular drink so far. It's probably going to be the the big the big summer drink, uh, at least for my shop and my house. My my wife absolutely loves it. Um, it's called an island lemonade. Um, plantation pineapple rum, uh, which I know Nigel is a big fan of. Yeah, you made me a different drink, but it's gone. It was the... Uh, <laughs> it's gone. It's, it's gone. gone. I drank it. The Cuban daiquiri. Daiquiri. Yeah. It had that rum in there. It was ridiculous. That uh, sounds fantastic. It, it was. Yeah. It, it was... It's stupid good. Um, but the plantation pineapple rum, um, sparkling lemonade, a um, little bit of agave uh, nectar for to give it a little extra sweetness, and then fresh lemon juice. So that so that rum, you got to tell them the story. It's not it's not it's not pineapple like. Yeah, it's not like. A, yeah, like a flavor. You know, like yeah, where you would buy like you know, like apple whiskey, where they just added apple flavoring to whiskey. This pineapple rum is actually um, the way it's made 
uh, from the very beginning is where they add the pineapple. Uh, rum is made from sugarcane juice, basically. Uh, and they ferment that sugarcane juice into, uh, or they create, uh, you know, uh, oh, what's the, molasses. Um, and from that point, they start to add in uh, overripe pineapple that they just chunk up. The whole thing, the, the stem, the skin, the meat, everything. Uh, they just cut them up and just throw them in there and let them ferment and rot with the sugar cane. And then they strain it all off so that pineapple has been there since day one. My eyes have glazed over a little. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's delicious. And they do it the overripe, then you get that. They're just stupid sweet yeah. when they go in there. So, yeah, yeah you're just maximizing But it's not sugar. an overly sweet rum. No, it's, it's more like the essence of the pineapple. When you taste the rum, you taste the rum. But then after you've swallowed it, you kind of exhale and you get this essence and smell and kind of aftertaste of pineapple, uh, which is really interesting it's it's not like a, an infused alcohol it's more of a it was it, it came from pineapple so it's really cool uh, it makes for a really neat cocktail well how do you go about because it, 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 it's pretty obvious I think that you put a lot of thought into making a menu that's only five drinks yeah so what when you're when you're thinking about a menu and your recipes some of you said you've made up yeah What's that process like? Um, you know, I again reading. I know it's crazy, but man, uh, I used to have so much respect for you, and uh, now with this this I read thing, yeah, you're I just know. like flaunting your intellectual prowess. <laughs> I know it's kind of embarrassing. Well, I just learned to read, so it's you know. Go, well, I guess you should embrace it then. Yeah, you should. should. So right. you're not finding your recipes on Facebook or Pinterest. No, no. <laughs> you know, I I uh, it, the little top down videos. Yeah, like, yeah. Throwing the thing in there. Those are fun to watch, but no, you know, I draw on uh, you know a lot of different things. I. The whiskey sour, um, I just remember uh, I had an uncle that drank whiskey sours, and I was like, you know, I, I haven't seen a whiskey sour on a menu anywhere yeah. for a very long time. So, you know, I, I just draw from different influences. Um, you know, I go around to different bars and, and I'm like, you know what I haven't seen in a while? Or like the Pimm's Cup, I have family that lives in England, and you go there in the summertime and every bar in England has get a whole picture of Pimm's Cup, right. um, but you never see it here that in the States. glorious. Yeah. Is it weird I'm going to call Pimm's Cup, Pimp Cup? <laughs> <laughs> That's what you serve it in. <laughs> yeah. You should do that. Pimm's yeah. Cup in a, in a, in a jeweled Yeah, in a Pimm's jeweled uh, chalice. change the ambiance of this shop a little bit. No, yeah. no, people love fancy, fancy glasses. You no, can yeah. do that. Get one of these, you know, the, you know you've got the, the copper jiggers or whatever. You just yeah. get a copper pimp cup and yeah. then put the, put yeah. the yeah. get your kid to bedazzle it. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, it's going to say Nigel right on the uh -huh. side. Yeah, yeah, my own cup. Yeah. His own cup. Do you have a cane that it mounts on top? <laughs> <laughs> I bet we can find one. We can do it. Yeah. We can do it. So. Yeah. So, yeah. We know, we know a welder down here, yeah, so, so we can get Dave it done. Can make a, a, an amazing game, That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> I'm going to have to have one. That one in a damn top hat. Right next to, right next to it his, just, his... It keeps evolving. Yeah, just, yeah. The fireproof apron yeah. and the... Uh, yes, with no shirt. With no shirt. Oh, that'd be, man. Well, it does evolve. You now we're talking about a calendar shoot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a calendar shoot. The libation's calendar. The libation's calendar. Mm. March is, uh, uh, June is Nigel in his apron <laughs> with his pimp cup. There we go. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. We went there. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. That's what On we're that note, for. we're going to take a break, hear from our sponsor, and then we'll come back. Time for a commercial. This week, we're brought to you by Stewie McBrews, who reminds you, never eat more than you can lift. We are back. Uh, we wanted to, we're going to broaden our conversation from uh, from Seth's menu, delicious as it is, but it is limited, and we have now gone through it yes. to what's going on in the uh, drinking area downtown as a whole. So, Nigel, we're going to turn to you since you are a you are a resident of downtown as well as a uh, a regular customer at many of these. We should call him the, the unofficial ambassador. 
for the eating and drinking establishments in downtown? Unofficial? Well, I mean, okay, unpaid. Yeah, <laughs> unpaid. <laughs> unpaid ambassador. You know, before we move out of libations, we got to talk about one more liquor. All right. And it's my favorite liquor he has in here. Well, there's several favorites, but he has Oh, a, he goes nuts over How do you pick between your children? That's what you have to ask. Exactly. Um, it's, a, it's a liqueur made from aloe. Really? I was just asking it's about that the so other day. so ridiculous. You could actually take it and just pour it over ice, but he makes some lovely cocktails with it that I've had. I'm like, every time I come in, I'm like, yeah, I should probably have some of that. He brings customers from other shops. <laughs> you got to have this aloe. you got to try this aloe. It's just so unique. It's called Chiro. It's, it's, it's made from aloe. Uh, it's got all kinds of stuff. Which is not your traditional drink starter. No, no, no. You see aloe, and I'm thinking, Grandma, sunburn. when I had a sunburn, yeah. would go get the plant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what that means? It's healthy. Yeah. It's right. good uh -huh. for you. Hi, all liquor comes from plants. It's healthy. Yeah. There you go. It's a salad. It's technically. Yeah. Basically. It, yeah. So uh, this is part of the whole food, plant-based diet. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Keto. <laughs> but it's got, uh, you know, uh, spearmint and... Cucumber, Eau de Vie, which is a fortified grape wine. Uh, it's just got all this fun, uh, organic uh, Super unique. Uh, ingredients in there that, that the end product is this very interesting uh, tasting liqueur that is super fresh, easy to drink. Um, I make a kind of a, an off-menu uh, drink with it. You have to know a guy. You got to know a guy. <laughs> okay, so now, so so, what is the secret code? Uh, the the secret word is gimlet. I make a gimlet. Yeah, the aloe gimlet. Yes, the chiro. The chiro gimlet. gimlet. Yeah. Yes. All right, now you. This is value added for your free podcast, people. Yeah. You now have a secret drink to yeah. come get there at you A secret off-menu drink. It's the chiro gimlet, and it is pretty outstanding. Um, Ashley from downtown Lee Summit. She she has a a, a Chiro, uh, obsession yeah, with yeah. it as well. And I make a I make a mark a market margarita as she calls it with the Chiro. I, I put a little Chiro and a margarita for her and I gotta say it's it's pretty outstanding. Well I will say that for many people around downtown you have ruined what they used to call margaritas. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, Although I would say you have Justin, made if you talk what? to Justin, who owns Libations, they're not Libations. Stewie. Stewie, sorry, I meant Libations. Talking about exactly. Um, I, he had some choice words for you after <laughs> uh, he learned your recipe for the margarita. Wow! <laughs> Only because. Um, he was now forced to buy all the good ingredients and make his margarita oh. only a certain way. Oh, darn. <laughs> so what you're saying is we've now pulled Justin out of the 50s and 60s into the modern times. Right. Uh, right. No, no more pre-mix. That's, that's the spin I'm putting on it. Yeah. Of course. He's well, let's, use, like let's that. use that actually too. So, I mean, Seth has created a very specific style in here. And right. you've worked to, to, to let that evolve and you're adding more drinks now. But it's not happening just here. There's another high-end cocktail bar west of here on the other side of the tracks, the W Private Bar, but we're seeing this throughout the, the, the district. So, so Nigel, what what do you kind of attribute that whole change to? I mean, people like good cocktails. I mean, and especially now with Seth being here, you don't have to get a reservation. You can just roll up in here and have something high-end. So, you know, if you're going to go to another bar, I mean, you're expected to, you know, to provide some some good liquor, I'd say. I mean, you go to the Third Street, they've got a good liquor selection. Um, even down at uh, headquarters, they're doing smoke cocktails. Did you know that? I did not. I did oh, not yeah. know that. After, after our coverage of the, uh, the union uh, labor process and the compensation thing over the last spring, I'm not sure I'm welcome at headquarters. <laughs> so. Well, I figured I would at least patronize this. It was new business. I went there. They, they do a signature smoke cocktail. Wow. So I'm like, that's cool. Well, that is cool. Well, and I would say that you take that on, you know, for the, the Big Bash, which is here, Fringe, uh, oh, yeah. who I think their brewing is really, uh, they've started to really understand what they do well and, and work on that, but they came out with their, their cherry... Limeade wheat. Limeade wheat, which Which is, was amazing. Well, yeah. I mean, the Big Bash thing, people went nuts. Right. And, and the funny thing is, I've been telling those guys, I, I, I make fun of them, you know, because they do the crowlers now. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you don't have enough cans. You don't have enough cans. And so downtown days, you know, even during the power outage, they found somebody with a generator 
and they ran out of cans. I was at Crane Brewing in Raytown. I crashed um, um, one of the guys' tenure, at least on the West uh, High School reunion for some reason. But I was there, and here comes here comes Mark from Fringe, trying to bum cans. Give from me them. some cans, I'm man. Like, yeah. You guys have to get that can thing down because these festivals, especially now, you can buy a can and walk outside with it. Right, yeah. and it's people you know, love that. Twenty-four ounces of of, of goodness. Well, of they goodness. brought that specific the big bash beer, the cherry lime made wheat. They brought it back for the downtown days festival. And, and we we even went and got gone. we yeah we got some. We were working a beer shift in the tent, yeah. and we sent somebody over to yeah. buy a couple before they ran out of right. cans. Uh, and and we had uh, we had that in lieu of the free beer that yeah. we were offered, yeah. you know, that we could get from the, the tent. So it is excellent, but they have their style. Uh, I think uh, Grains and Taps has announced that they are They're adding their brewing. brewing yeah. And obviously they've been brewing for a long time, so they'll have some, I think, some unique pieces to bring to it yeah. as well. So. And that adds to the other microbrew. You've got Smoke, which is a restaurant, and then also a pretty high-capacity brew there. Yeah. They, they, they can, can make a lot. Yeah. And they have gone out on some limbs with theirs. I mean, they are they are out there trying all kinds of different flavor combinations, and and some of them have hit, and some of them have not hit as well. But that's what that's about. And I think that's a that's interesting. So you were getting almost to a point where now we have, you know, with Seth and, and the W and all that, people are really developing styles sure. uh, and and really developing what they're doing. That I mean, voice. And if you want to throw um, across the street, uh, uh, Bricks, mm -hmm. you know, they they do the one of the best. Bloody Marys around. I mean, didn't they serve it with like a pork chop on it or something? I, well, like, you know, I asked them about the bacon because I'm like, how's that bacon staying crisp the whole time? And I was told it's secret. Mm. <laughs> That's what I was told. I was yeah. like, they, they they wouldn't even tell you. No, they wouldn't even tell me. I got that look like, yeah, we got a, a special guy. Well, it's <laughs> a good point to bring up. We've got a lot of other bar and grill types that aren't making their name on be, you know, craft beer and cocktails, but they're all kind of following that trend. You go to Conrad's, they're announcing sure. different drinks each each month, each season. You've got, um, you already mentioned Third Street, which, right. which by last week, so I had your Greyhound last week and then went over to Third Street to meet someone else and, and compared the Greyhounds. And I can't Science. Science. Science is for the people. Yeah. Uh, I did not have a favorite. They're, they're, they're very different. They're two different drinks. Yeah, well, and that's the beauty of cocktails is um, you know, all of my cocktails are, I didn't really invent any of them except for maybe the Island Lemonade, but for the most part, you can, you can put your own stance or spin, spin yeah. twist, whatever you want on a cocktail and, and that's the fun part. I think at Third Street, they pour the Radler in there a little bit. Oh yeah. 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 That, you know, that's, that's, that's a cool beer cocktail and you know and, and, that, and that's something that you really don't see a lot of over here there's a place in Kansas City they did they did smoked lemonade yeah so they would smoke the lemonade over their meat and they would put a tank seven with it wow ridiculous <laughs> I'm not even sure how to feel about that but it sounds like it would be totally weird and cool so. no it was it's an amazing summer drink they don't do it anymore which I, I told them they were wrong. <laughs> well, so Maybe I can get somebody to resurrect it over here, right? Yeah. Because smoke, just smoke lemonade by itself. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. Two weeks ago at Stewie's, the Burnt Finger Barbecue team did a little watch party for uh, an episode on Food Network of a show they were, they were on, and they did some of their stuff. And it included a Bloody Mary that had their barbecue sauce in it and their spice rub rimmed the glass. Right. I love Bloody Marys. I love barbecue, but I was a little hesitant about mixing the two together. I took a drink, and I immediately went to the owners of Stewie's and said, "This needs to be on the menu." Well, you remember um, Mike at the W did that? Was that yeah. last year? And it was it was a he called it the Kansas City, and it was basically a Bloody Mary, but the barbecue theme, and it had the the rim with uh, you know some whatever some dry rub, yeah, some dry rub, and it was it was ridiculous, but yeah. you know. That, that's the that's the beauty of cocktails, you know. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the imagination, you know, the sky's the limit. I mean, you can you can do anything you want. Uh, there's no rules, um, as long as you kind of follow the the loose, uh, uh, you know, uh, ingredients. You know, like you know what what was in the original, and how can I right. how can I make it, it? Yeah, how can yeah, I yeah, make it your own? If yeah, you will. exactly. Yeah. What makes things like that work? Because you've got Mike, who's at, at the W, very creative. You've got um, 
Mark at Fringe, who's kind of their mad scientist with their, their brew, but they, they all do a lot of different things and they're, they're pushing some limits and coming up with... Yeah, I mean, Mike is a super creative guy. I mean, he'll, he'll forget more than I will ever learn. I mean, that guy is incredible. Um, this, I mean, he's the guy that got on his motorcycle and rode to like Wisconsin to get particular herbs. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, okay, who does that? Yeah. Mad scientist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he's so dedicated to yeah. it, you know, and uh, my style is just different. And, and I think that's what plays into, uh, you know, good cocktails is if you're really pouring your style and you're devoting you into your drink, you know, you can taste, uh, I think the customer can taste that. So, you know, Mike makes these super complex, wild cocktails that, you know, everybody loves and I love. I love going up there and enjoying a, one of their cocktails. Um, but me, my style, I'm, I'm a little more, you know, plain, you know, classic, you know, old school cocktails with, with just a little twist. Um, I'm not nearly as talented as Mike, but uh, you know, I like to put my twist on, on the old, on the old school stuff. You know, it's weird when I go in there to the W. You know what they always give me? Chartreuse. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have to order it. I'm like, maybe I want to drink on the menu. And then Mike won't let me get a, some, something on the menu. Oh, I got something for you. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, here we go. <laughs> everybody loves a place yeah. that they can go in, and, and it's. It, you know, the, you know the servers, and you can say, I'm in the mood for something like this, and then you let them be creative. And I think yeah, that's Mike's, good, that's Mike's, good for Mike's us. Mike's good at that. That's good for us, the customer, but I think also probably for, for the guy creating the stuff. It, let, it gives them an opportunity to... Sure, it, it lets their creative juices flow, you know, and, 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 and not to take away from, you know, Taylor. I mean, she is really, yeah, yeah. you know, really starting to come into her, her own. Yeah. You know, she... She's going to do a uh, special uh, collaborative oh, that's cocktail right. here uh, yeah. on June 28th uh, from 6 to 8. It's just an open house event. You can come in the front door. You can come in and meet Taylor if you haven't met her before. Um, she's going to be making um, a couple different versions of a Walmart. Good <laughs> wow. I wonder what's in that drink. By the way, uh, you may have just been kicked out of the secret society. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, dude, the, I think Walmart it's the, was because of what happened. Right? Isn't the Walmart like it's just some uh, cheap sweet and sour mix and cheap margarita mix yeah. and some yeah. other things with no Mac actual yeah. with no liquor in it? Yeah. Yeah. It's just that. It's yeah. just mixes all, all put together. Yeah. You have to take your shirt off to drink it. Oh. And, uh, well, you know that might work for Nigel, but some of us probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Watermelon. That's the word I was searching for. Watermelon margarita. Uh, one will be uh, really summery and sweet and the other one will have some fun spice to it it's going to have a, uh, a little a little heat built into it um, and the tequila that we are featuring um, is the mean mule uh, agave spirit that's made here in kansas city um, and uh, hopefully um, they will have the owner or at least a representative from mean mule uh, here on site as well to talk about their product one more time, just so people know, give the details of that event again. June 28th, it's a Thursday, 6 to 8 p.m. Um, Taylor uh, Dunsky from the W, uh, we'll be featuring Mean Mule Silver uh, Gave Spirit. Well, that, let's, we talked about this a little bit last time, and I don't mind repeating it again. I think we get to it every time we talk to downtown business owners or, or the official ambassador. You're bringing in someone from the W for your business. There's a, there's a collaboration that happens around here that you don't see in other places around town or even other business districts around the, around the metro. What, what makes that happen? Well, I think, you know, we all have, you know, skin in the game in one way or another. You know, we've invested time and money and, and put our, you know, our, our thoughts and imagination into our businesses and bringing people in to enjoy those, you know, that effort. Um, and I think we all kind of see that in each other and uh, it's helpful for each other to kind of cross, cross, uh, coordinate our efforts. And it may bring in, I may bring in customers from, 
someone else's business into mine that have never been in my business and vice versa. Um, so, you know, we're just kind of exposing uh, new people to new businesses in a new way and maybe seeing a, a business that they maybe you've been in in a new light. Um, so, uh, you know, I I do stuff with uh, Fringe, you know, around Oktoberfest. We do a, we do a, a collaborative big mug uh it's like a big german stein looking thing it's you know uh i sell them here you can take them over to fringe and get them filled up uh you know it's just cool stuff like that it's 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 fun i think a good example is you take when brains and taps had the fire or you take when frankie furling's closed the you know when frankie's closed there was you know it was like turmoil for people I was, no. I'm still, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the fact that they're coming back appeases a little bit. Yeah. There's been the, yeah. all these missing months. And even like the, the well, there, was, there was an unofficial wake. I think a lot of us yeah. all went in yeah. for yeah. a I mean, I have to walk yeah. by it every day, so I, I'm like, dang it. But even like grains and taps, when, when, they, when those employees couldn't work, Dewdrop um, took money, they took up a donation and took the money to grains and taps for the employees. Yeah. So, you know, I think, like you say, skin in the game, I think. Most of the owners that I know in these businesses, at least are, a lot of them are friends, but everybody wants everybody to succeed, right? Right. Well, I mean, and I, I think that's something that people don't uh, that people don't grasp from the outside. Of course, not. Yeah. is that when Seth's business does well, that's not it's not a zero sum deal. It's not taking money away from the W or Fringe or Grains and Taps or anywhere or else, or even from the retail shops, or even from the yeah. retail shops. Uh, in fact, I, I would imagine if someone comes in and buys the, their limit of two Duke's martinis, they may be more willing to go across <laughs> across the way or next door and buy some stuff. But uh, but I mean that that it's the it they all y'all do better when all y'all do better. Right. And that's the way that I, and and that's something that is hard for people to understand. And they think of businesses very cut, cutthroat and competitive. But in these environments, in a, in a downtown like this, where the area is a draw as well as the businesses are a draw. You, know, you get that. It's funny because since I live down here and I work down here, if I haven't been to a place in a while, you're like, dude, where you been? <laughs> you know, I go into Maine's life on, on, on a Sunday and they're like, we haven't seen you, where are you? You know, so yeah. I, you know, I try to at least patronize, but sometimes I, you know, you know, you have your, you have your regular stopping grounds and mm -hmm. it's, you know, for me it's here or the W or, um, you know, I do bricks and, Grains and fringe. Might as well just everywhere. Well, yeah, you know, you know, you're you starting know, to list them, and I'm realizing well, that you're going to stay them all. You know, I mean, I, I mean, to be honest, when Third Street opened, that first two weeks, I was there every day. I was just yeah. enamored by that place. Yeah. You know, and I still am, but you know. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. It's it's well, hard I, to I patronize been, everybody well, all I the think time. Third Street and Smoke brought something different to downtown that yeah. wasn't happening. Yeah, yeah as far as restaurants. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I have customers who. Uh, I know I'm going to see him on Saturday. It, it's it's funny uh, that it gets to that point. It's uh, at some point I know, you know, he or she is going to walk through that door because, and they, I know what they're going to want. Right. It, it's it's a good feeling, you know. It's you almost want to yell Norm, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think for you though, it's still it's still funny, even though you've been here almost a year. Yeah. Um, that. There's some people who have walked by, or people I've talked to. Well, I've never been there. I'm like, yeah. well, you got to go in there. Yeah, just yeah. go look. If not, I mean, start with that because it's you know you have a very unique you know, exactly, uh, and, uh, and it's uh, a great it's presence a great, or it's presentation of all of your stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's a great space. And so. it comes back to the first part of the the conversation is is presence and and presentation. You know, I I want people to walk through the door and immediately start having an experience, uh, either by the way it smells, the way, way it looks, the music that I'm playing, right. the furniture, the, the taste of the drinks, or, you know, everything um, um, I've tried to think of, so. Well, you talked about experience, so I'm gonna use that as kind of a way to, to, to wrap up here. You've, you've created a, a special experience. I remember when, when we first met, when you opened the store, you talked about your reasons you wanted to recreate kind of the bars you remember families having in their basements growing up. So. This is July 4th, it's Independence Day today. What drink makes you remember growing up Independence Day? Honestly? Yeah, <laughs> straight up. 
I have a, I have a 1949 refrigerator in here that is in mint condition. Beautiful. And it is full of garage beer. Uh, we got hams, we got PBR, we got stag, we got uh, old Milwaukee. I mean, if if you remember your dad or grandpa drinking it, I'd probably have it in this fridge. I, I grew up, uh, the uh, <clears throat> the beer I first stole was a Miller High Life. Yeah, I've got that. Yeah, so uh, the champagne, champagne of, of beers. beers. Champagne of beers. That's right. And honestly, that's what I, that's what I attribute to. Fourth uh, of July. Um, I'd yeah. love to pimp a cocktail for it, but honestly, you know, yeah. a cooler full of ice cold yard life. beer yep. is, a, and you don't, you just keep drinking until they're gone, or or you're gone. One or yeah. the other. I I know whenever I crack up one of those or find you know something newer that tastes a lot like that, I drink that and I'm like, oh, this just tastes like a beer because yeah. that's the beer that you yeah. associate with that exactly. age or that time. My my dad standing in the garage and cut off jean shorts and you know. They're gonna have this is not necessarily an image I'm enjoying altogether. <laughs> <laughs> you know you do it too. I, if, I, if I were allowed to have cut off jean shorts, you betcha. <laughs> oh, we can make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> Nigel, you said you're from Oklahoma, so is, is your image is it a little different? Um, because I think Oklahoma is very different. I'm not really from Oklahoma. I lived there for for many many years, but. You know, you talk about Fort Worth. I just remember being in, my dad is from CrossFit, Arkansas, in the southern border of Arkansas by Louisiana. And it was, you know, Miller High Life. Yeah. That's what I remember. Mm-hmm. You know, those the long neck bottles, you know. That, that was the 4th of July beer. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure at 14, 15, we probably snuck some. <laughs> no, you'd never do no. that. Yeah. You know, that's good. Statue of limitations is passed. My that's dad's fun. drink of choice was Bacardi and Coke. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> but I, that's really not a cocktail, but yeah. it's a drink. Yeah, and it'll get you where you're going. Oh, yeah. If that's where you want to go. Yeah, that's where you want to go. <laughs> yeah, you know. So, Nick, what about you? What, what? Unfortunately, you know, my, the, the memory trigger ones are going to be the, the things that Seth is trying to get rid of and cure. Right? As I, as <laughs> I remember people with the, the mixed bottles. And yeah. The bad margarita mix. Oh, yeah, the and, plastic bottle of margarita. And, and yeah. Um, yeah. you know, the, uh, the daiquiri mixes. Yeah. And, and so those are brass monkey. <laughs> I, I, I'm choosing not to actually remember that those those parts. Yeah, I can't forget those. <laughs> <laughs> Seared in. Um, but you know, I, I look at it now, and I'm I'm older. I have taste. Well, let's not go too far. <laughs> I have taste buds. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, those are the things. That How think. about you, Jason? Uh, you know, it's the Miller High Life. Uh, that's the one for me that gets that it takes you back to that time uh, of the of year and, uh, and and what you're doing. So sitting out at the my uh, my dad's best friend had a has a pond out um, east of Pleasant Hill, you know, out there in the, the hinterlands off of 50, and uh, where you can really blow stuff up. Right, where you could really blow stuff up, and where you could and we fish yeah. and uh, and. And the kids would run around and jump in the pond and out of the pond and then, you know, maybe or maybe not snatch a couple of beers and go hide off behind the <laughs> somewhere and, uh, and drink them at a young it age. So, yeah, that's where it is. Underage yeah, drink. this is wrong <laughs> and against the law, but this is what may have happened in the past outside of any prosecutable area. Yeah, and you cannot come in here if you're under 21. And, so. we're, and, we're, uh, and we were on private property, so it's all fine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Seth, Nigel, thanks for joining us again on what is now, because this is the second year we can now Absolutely. say it's annual. Annual. July uh, annual show. July 4th can, can show. We, can we make sure July 4th doesn't fall on Wednesday ever again? Uh, can we figure that out? We'll at least have six or eight years before we have to think about it. Okay, good. Well, it gets messed up because you know, then you got the leap year. Yeah. Let, let's, <laughs> now you're into math. Look, we've had reading and math in the show, oh, wait, and I'll have no not, more. No more. And science. The, the show's education. I really, I'm just here to talk about drinking, not all this fancy learning. <laughs> well, guys, thank you, and have a great holiday. Yep, you too. We always talk to people about shopping local, the importance of shopping local. Here's one great reason about shopping local is that you know the people you're doing business with. They're your friends, they're your neighbors, they're people you go to church with, people you hang out with. There's no better example of that than today's sponsor, Bunch of Blinds. This local company is always making themselves available to help the greater community. Just two weeks ago, they collected more than two bucketfuls of supplies for Cold Water Lee Summit's annual back-to-school drive. 
hey, not only are they great people in the community, but they also are great at their business. So when you need blinds or shades for your windows, interior decorating, they've got bedding, they've got headboards, all sorts of stuff. And the coolest thing, we always talk about this one, they even have some blinds that you can control with apps on your phone or with your voice through the Alexa or the Google. They are super cool. That is cool. Hey, check them out right in the heart of our city in downtown Lee Summit. Bunch of blinds of Lee Summit. 239 Southeast Main Street. You have been listening to Lee Summit Town Hall with hosts Jason Norberry and Nick Parker. Catch us every Wednesday at linktoleesummit.com or subscribe to Lee Summit Town Hall on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app.